All right, so chapter 10, this is a good one. I love like kind of these little mini chapters that uh, chapter 10 has here. Um, some of them are, are actually like mind benders. I really love every time that I've started going through um, the first part of, of chapter 10, I always get stuck a lot of times like so much time goes into the thoughts and, and and everything here between the holy ghost versus the holy spirit and spirit of christ and the the three voices in our head kind of thing but um just kind of diving in there like what what did you guys learn and uh, what insights did you have as as you were reading through this um i don't know i think that it's so crucial to to really understand the holy ghost versus the holy spirit because i don't know even even now, sometimes I have a hard time breaking the habit of calling one by the other's name kind of thing or uh, kind of mistaking it, you know? It's just, it's been so ingrained in us that it's just, it's the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, the same thing, just go with it. <laughs> but with this like whole hear him campaign and, and, and emphasis, it's, it's very important to, to pull those apart, delineate and, and understand these principles. So I, that's just, it's just mind blowing to me. Every time I read this section, there's just little nuances here and there that uh, to unpack and, and learn from. I like um, the conscience part. And it made me think of Jiminy, Cr Jiminy Cricket a lot, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I agree that we need to separate. But, but it, when he said that, um, the Holy Ghost is a member of the Godhead, and here is what he does. And the rest of that, that made more sense. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. We need the light of Christ or the spirit of Christ, or we need the spirit. What are the words that we use? Um, all the way through to get back to the Father. Yeah. And how everything is by and through the power of the Holy Ghost as we are in that like first comforter stage, right? And because uh, that was interesting. That was one thing, even after two or three times through um, this chapter, it was like, okay, but, but is Christ talking to us directly or is it still through the Holy Ghost? Or like what, what's going on there? Because um, I don't know. I, I have it underlined, but I have so many things underlined. I can't find it right off the top of my head. <clears throat> So how I understood it is the, the Holy Ghost has short answers. Like, um, I wish I could, I, I just wish I could talk better. I know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Where the Spirit has, the Holy Spirit has, or the Spirit of Christ has longer answers. So the Holy Ghost testifies of these two things. Yes, the Book, of, the Book of Mormon is true. Jesus is the Savior like really short mm -hmm. but like the the bigger principles right like the things that you need for salvation kind of thing like right. they're, they're short and sweet and just boom but where the holy spirit the voice the holy spirit more it seems like more takes you by the hand and leads you through and reminds you but if you deny it it always come back mm -hmm. it'll it remind you again but um and it's persistent, 
I don't know. Am I saying this right? This this is what no. I what I thought. Yeah, for sure. So like the the three main differences where Christ the the spirit of Christ deals in the minute aspects of our lives versus the Holy Ghost is testifying of big concepts that that need clarity. The spirit of Christ is like the still small voice but yet the Holy Ghost is like a big voice that's just like boom. Um, and then the, the spirit of Christ worthiness is not required yet with the Holy ghost, it is, he can't be in that scenario of an untruth, um, and, and testifying of it. You have to be in righteousness in order to, to have the Holy ghost's voice. And so kind of those, those three points there. Where the, the spirit leads, even people in other faiths or religions mm -hmm. still leads and i like this on page um 219 in the in the middle zion will be populated by possibly hundreds and thousands before he comes again which means it can't be overwhelmingly um overwhelming to accomplish <laughs> okay yeah and i was like okay <laughs> this is good <laughs> i like this yeah exactly But yeah, I, on, on 2.19, at the, the bottom of the second to last paragraph there, if the whole world is to eventually become translated, it can't be impossible. Like, this is part of that, that necessary mm -hmm. pathway design. And part of that pathway is to really hone in and understand what the differences are in these next few sections, being Holy Ghost versus Holy Spirit, the voices in our head kind of thing. Um, I found that very, very interesting. Yeah. Peace and at the bottom, peace, love, and joy fills the soul of those um, correctly seeking Zion. Yeah. Fear, hopeless, inadequacy are messages of lying voices. I, I love that clarification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. So I did, um, I had to highlight. So anything that was Holy Spirit, I did in green and Holy Ghost, I did in orange. That's a great thing to do. Yeah, I've just got everything underlined in pen and <laughs> I need to like color code it so I can pull it out. Then, uh, then on page 225 in the middle, or the, the bottom of the second little paragraph there at the bottom. The truths communi communicated to you by your conscience come from Jesus Christ, are administered by the Holy Ghost, and are revelation. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to find. <laughs> because that one, I don't know, I even still, I, I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, do I really get this? Like, I, I get know. like a, a base level of it, but do I really get it? Because the truths communicated come from Jesus Christ. And what does administer in this sense mean? And so it's administered by the Holy Ghost and our revelation. And so, so like, what's the difference with the Holy Ghost? So like, when the what Holy Ghost- What is the footnote on that? The footnote? Um, that's a good question. After revelation, there's a little number. I can't read it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's number four. Right. At the very end or in the middle? I'm looking at the right one. Yeah. 
Um, so on page 326 is where the footnotes are for this one. Um, so he, he's pointing back to his previous book called Following the Light of Christ Back into God's Presence. Mm. But yeah, I, I really love that. But I was like, kind of like the Spirit's telling me, hey, there's more here that you need to know. And it's like, okay, so I need to like really ponder on it. I'm going to like take this next week and just really try to unpack that one and, and see what else there is there for me to understand. But I just was always thought that when you um, are baptized and hands are laid on you and it says receive the Holy Ghost, that you receive the Holy Ghost and that that other like conscience thing kind of doesn't have a purpose anymore. I mean, it's just uh -huh. yeah, you, you level up kind of thing. But yet here it's like a tandem thing. There's a great talk by Bednar. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about the Holy Ghost. And he talks about the phrase that I remember. He said, just because hands are put on your head, it doesn't, it's an injunction to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you're required to do the work to receive that gift. Just because hands are laid on your head doesn't mean that you receive that gift. Mm -hmm. that makes sense i'm paraphrasing it very bad but he gave it oh i don't know how many years ago but i can find it and put it in a link in the thing uh-huh yeah I, I love that. it's really eye-opening because i mean it's a gift thing that we're it's given to us but we it's required like you had said earlier that we have to be righteous and you know holy in the right mindset and attitude to receive the holy ghost um mm -hmm. and not be you know, be repentant and things like that to receive the Holy Ghost, the mm -hmm. light of Christ. Everybody, everybody gets that if they listen to their conscience. Mm -hmm. And what really stood out to me, and I thought, oh, wow. So it's important that we listen to our conscience. It said, and I marked it with a big star. The Lord considers anyone wicked who does not listen to his voice. And I thought, wow. And I know I have in my notes under obedience. I think it's Latin for obedience means to listen. Oh, really? So, that would make sense. So I think it's Latin. I'm not positive, uh -huh. but um, yeah. So it's to really to hearken to the voice of the Lord, either in scriptures or in your conscience. It's to obey, to listen and obey what you hear. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So it's actually huge. <laughs> And I know he stresses this in the book and the other, the other book too, that he wrote about following the light of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. As I'm going through that one, it's like, holy cow, triumph design is like all the, the doctrine. And then the following the light of Christ is like all the practicality, like how to actually put it into practice almost um, like the journal thing that he talks about in there and, and everything is, is super interesting, but yeah, they're kind of companion books. We really should have put them together. <laughs> But yeah, that, that fact that the, the wickedness is is anyone who who disregards the the voice of, of the spirit. I, I think that that's interesting, and so it kind of puts a whole new perspective or a level of the the fact that we can't deny the Holy Ghost, um, and and all that entails. Yeah, because it says you can go to church, pay your tithing, do all those things, but if you don't listen to the spirit which is part of your conscience, then you're considered wicked. 
So I thought, wow. And how many people deny their conscience, you know? And it says in the New Testament somewhere, because we were, I was discussing with my friend and I can't remember where in the New Testament, it says we can sear our conscience with a hot iron. So we can permanently damage our conscience by, you know, sinning and ignoring it. So Mm -hmm. it's so important that we listen to those whisperings. Yeah, for sure. I loved on page 228, um, going along with with conscience there while we're um, there, that whole paragraph that Elder Faust gave there on all of the voices of Babylon. I think it's just like such a great kind of like list and definitions that go with them and stuff. Um, The murmuring voices, the whining, seductive, soothing, intellectual, proud, flattering, cynical, entertaining commercial delirious like these are all things that we have to flee from and um you know it it's kind of like that object lesson that we do where somebody's blindfolded and they have to like listen to the voices around them to to guide them right but we have so many voices to be running from and then um i really liked the delineation of these these three voices of our mind and why it is that we sometimes get confused or um, might not willingly be wicked, but we, we just kind of don't give enough heedance to the right voices kind of a thing. Um, I just love that whole, whole section there. But um, that, that paragraph on Babylon's voices that, that the adversary really has had time to, to hone in on and, um, and nuance I mean, there's something for everyone, right? (laughs) How many times am I led away by seductive voices or by the cynical voices, et cetera? Um, But they're they're coming at us and and we're being bombarded all the time. Um, But what a great gift the conscience is uh, when we we truly learn how to work in it and and, um, have that obedience, that, that listening and hearkening to it. So Cameron, I got, I think I got confused. So um, he does the, he talks about on page 229, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. And he distinguishes that. But then on page two, um, 231, he said the voice of the Holy Spirit, is that different than the Holy Spirit? No. No, yeah, that's one and the same. So that's like, actually christ and through the power of his atonement kind of thing so let's talk about this for a second there is the holy ghost Mm -hmm. there's the holy spirit which is also the spirit of christ Uh uh-huh yeah and then there's your voice or there's your um the voice of your mind your conscience in your mind and the voice of evil Mm -hmm. yeah Right. So it's either the Holy Ghost. Um, so I mean, like, there's the three voices of the mind, and the Holy Ghost doesn't really seem to fit into one of those three. The Holy Ghost is just one that comes in and confirms big, major truths. But as far as like the constant voices that that we're hearing, it's either your own voice, the voice of evil, or Christ, the the which is also known as Holy Spirit. That's how I understand it anyway. 
Right, but then he threw in the conscience and the voice of your mind, which could also be, if it's good, it's the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True? Did I get that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't even look past this subject or this um, section to see what else. Does he add more? <laughs> Um, yeah, so like the purpose of conscience, and then it dives into the sacrament, and then unbelief. And then faith in Christ. Okay, so this is like a, a different section, but he kept it all together. Okay. Mm -hmm. You separated that really nicely. But yeah, I, I learned a lot from these three different voices where uh, the very first time I, I remember exactly what I was doing. I was in doing some construction, listening to this chapter. And I like dropped my nail gun. I was like, whoa, I've never understood that before. How did I not understand that? Um, but the, the voice of the mind, how it's always unsure. Well, usually unsure. Um, it rarely states things as absolute. Like, I wonder, I maybe like, I don't know. It kind of debates with itself. It's always this, it's waiting to be steered. It's kind of like this, um, uh, interesting paradigm of like yeah we're great and noble spirits in in the pre-mortal but we're here in mortality and the voice of our carnal minds is is very unsure of itself it's waiting to be molded and and shaped and so it all depends upon whether we hearken to the voice of evil or the voice of the spirit it's kind of like that devil angel on your shoulders kind of motif right but that the the voice of evil is it's always negative it's generally emphatically stated and often reactionary like it it rants and raves it, it it's trying to like disagree with itself even it, it causes turmoil and when i finally caught on to that it's like oh i can recognize this so easy in my head now like sometimes i kind of tell myself that that's my my own mind debating with itself but my own mind doesn't do that that's the that's the voice of evil that is sitting there ranting and raving and no you should have said this and, and oh no this would have been perfect kind of thing um when it's in that that negative space there and so that was like super key for me to to understand and, and pick up on and then the the voice of the holy spirit still small voice but it also has like a negative and a positive thing it's going to tell you things that you shouldn't do and things that you should do and i think that that was just really key i don't know those pairing those three and wording it how he did just like unpacked uh, a ton for me like taking my misconceptions of of my youth and like oh now i can can see things clearly so on page 231 um kind of right in the middle of the the page it says that it talks about the the negative and positive aspects of the voice of the holy spirit right and uh the negative mode is generally the first recognizable revelations that mortals receive telling them to to stop or not do something evil but when that same voice speaks positively or instructs us to do something as opposed to not do something, very few people can recognize the message as revelation. 
So why do you think that is? I mean, that, like, is that a true statement? Do we believe that? And what is there to that that we can take and help ourselves and others see if we understand that correctly? That the negative mode from the Holy Spirit is often recognizable, but the positive is rarely recognized as revelation. I think that that's kind of key into understanding President Nelson and, and his Hear Him campaign. Can you point where you were reading that? Uh -huh. Yeah, so the very middle paragraph of 231, it starts off with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay, thank you. But anyway, I, I found that very interesting to really ponder and think upon. Like, why is it that very few people can recognize a positive message from the Holy Spirit as revelation? Versus, I mean, we can definitely don't do that or, you know, stop the car or whatever it may be. But a positive thing telling us to do something, it, it's rarely recognized as revelation. That was another one that I, I really want to ponder on this weekend. How it comes to mind is maybe that we're not giving um, the Lord recognition that we should, and we're taking it on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of misinterpreting the voice. Like, well, maybe that was my own mind, and maybe I should just, like, doubt that kind of thing. But yeah. I guess our prideful, I'm just saying, like, our prideful self saying, I'm going to take credit for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think also it takes like a lot of practice. Um, identifying what is what, mm -hmm. especially when they're like kind of strange little things that come to you. And I'm kind of fine tuning it. The more you do it, the more you get fine tuned to what is what. But for me, like, when you have that, you should go do this. Like, it says it. I can't remember what page it is. Let me look really fast. It says, you should call this person. Oh, it's too late. They'll be in bed. They have too many things to do. Mm -hmm. And then he thinks, but I should call them. So um, the adversary is always kind of trying to trick us and tell us not to. But the Holy, Holy Spirit's trying to lead us. I usually will have this little battle in my head. Like, okay, what's the Holy Ghost telling me? Is it really too late? And then I'm like, I just go with what is, what feels peaceful. Mm -hmm. Last night I had my girl, my girlfriend in the ward, her husband had a heart attack and died. And it was really weird because I was going to go to bed early because I hadn't slept much. And um, I was just getting ready for bed. I'd heard ambulances go by and I was hoping it wasn't, her husband had been sick. And I was getting ready for bed. And um, then somebody texted and said he had passed away. And I thought I should go up there right now. And then the voice said, no, she probably doesn't want you there. She probably has enough people and confusion. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, I need to go there. And then I had a feeling that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't good at timing and then I was just like am I supposed to go up or not <laughs> and I was just 
<laughs> and then I just put on my shoes. And I just went up and it was kind of took bravery. Cause I don't, I don't mind stuff like that, but I don't want to feel in the way. But yeah. then I, uh, I'm supposed to go. I'm her friend. She needs me and just put it away and just like, shut up. I'm just going. Then mm-hmm. my husband, when I talked to him, he's like, you went up there. And I was like, I felt like the spirit told me to, but it's always this battle and it's fine tuning. Okay. What is the spirit? What is the Holy ghost? What is Satan? What is me just knowing, you know, just being like being with God and like feeling the spirit. It's really confusing, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, every time I go for peace, what feels yummy in my heart is the answer. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's constant like translating what is this (laughs) i like that yeah constant translating that's a good word for it constant working at it like and then when i have angry thoughts like i'm mad at somebody like the voice of evil right Mm -hmm. oh i'm so mad at them i can't stand them blah 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 but then i'll say when i feel like well, he's just doing his best part. Like he's struggling too. And then I get the calmness and that's the Holy spirit kind of, or is that the Holy ghost? I don't know. Those two are really confusing. Like Laura was saying, it's confusing, but I don't think it really matters as long as we follow it. It doesn't matter if it's the Holy spirit or the Holy ghost, as long as we relish in that yummy feeling of just peace and just, um, back when like back 20 years ago I used to have tons of anxiety about everything and I just learned to go for peace whatever felt peaceful is of God mm-hmm. and if it doesn't bring peace then it's it would have been tricked probably mm-hmm. I don't know yeah my mom can attest to that like how many times do I ask you okay name your emotion what are you feeling right now even if it's like multiple emotions or whatever like and then use your brain <laughs> are those good or bad and then do whatever like if it's good then act on it if it's bad cast it out like it's as simple as that but sometimes oh, it's so yeah. hard <laughs> and it's just like that talk remember the t- the second voice or the third voice the second voice is always satan yeah the first voice is 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 the holy ghost or the, the holy spirit the second it's always satan right after oh they don't want you there Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not her best friend. You shouldn't go. And then you listen. Oh, am I? And then it's this Holy Ghost again saying, get your clothes on and get up there, you know? So it's just this constant, okay, what is what? But the doubtful one is always Satan and always plan on it hitting you right after the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, I should take cookies to somebody. Oh, they wouldn't like the cookies I make. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how do you constant. know that? <laughs> it is constant, like, oh, you, you're not good enough for that. Always mm-hmm. telling us we're not good enough, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm always reminded of that story of whoever it was taking like their, their new silk, making ties for President Kimball, right? Oh, yeah. Kimball. Anyway. Um, and then she just felt so dumb in the moment, like, oh my gosh, he probably has like tons of ties. Like, who am I to be taking a tie to the prophet? Like, this is so stupid. And then it's like, um, what was her name? Anyway. I, think it, I think it was Hinkley because I think Hinkley? it wasn't okay. Hinkley. Because yeah. I think it 
his wife that said no uh, no what was the word no deed or something uh-huh yeah never doubt it like just go for it <laughs> um whatever it is and stuff and i, I <laughs> have you ever had it backfire though because like um this one time i felt so impressed to go right then to somebody's house and i was just there and i'm like i don't know why i'm here but i'm supposed to be here and luckily she was like okay you know like let's sit down and talk and chat and stuff and at the end of like 30 45 minutes or whatever she was like so anything yet <laughs> i'm like no i just know i was supposed to come so there you later. go <laughs> later it might something might follow up later where it's like oh i know cameron i can call cameron or something uh -huh. will happen will make i think uh-huh yeah when was that mom it was probably about a year ago i was like I don't know. I've always felt kind of weird after that. I was like, oh my gosh, why does the Lord put me in embarrassing situations like that? But I knew I was supposed to, so I did it. And it was weird. <laughs> well, and it might be like Satan telling you, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Like you uh -huh, didn't yeah, to right. always nag from then because, on. Yeah, because it could be a building a relationship where she knows that you're listening to the spirit. You know, we don't know. Mm -hmm, right? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that exact same principle, like Satan's always going to be the second voice and the second voice might be nagging on for a long time going, oh my gosh, remember how embarrassing that was? Don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like that was traumatizing. It's Never. Really traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll act on all of the promptings. Well, not that. <laughs> that does make sense though, because he put, tries to put doubt in our head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's what we learned in Come Follow Me last week, right? With Moses. Yeah. That's the great thing. Comes back down. Satan's always going to be there. You know, Joseph Smith, every prophet, every scriptural experience there. I mean, we see it everywhere. There's revelation. And then Satan's always the second voice. I love that. Right. He's still so tricky, though. Even though we know it, it's still oh, it's so <laughs> <know>. hard. <laughs> Like, you shouldn't go up there they don't want you there you're not supposed you know you're not good enough it's like no i have to go i have to do this but it's it's just this constant battle of what is me what is god what is satan what is the holy ghost there's four different people we're trying to translate and we don't we don't get to see any of them like <laughs> yeah for sure and like taking that into the context of zion right like how many of you have been down this path of, of higher learning and like have doubts as sometimes and you're just like i don't know everybody thinks i'm weird and is, am i on the right path like what's going on like going through this whole process here it, it's on every single level of the ladder like whether you're on jacob israel and just kind of getting to know the church or whether you're higher learning and you're like I don't know, like some of this stuff is like tricky stuff because it's just different and, and we have to change paradigms and, and things, but, but we one, follow the same pattern. Right. The one measuring stick I use all the time, Cameron, which I didn't read it anywhere. It's just what in my brain, it never goes away. Like you, mm -hmm. if it's like some fad thing or Satan saying, oh, you should do this or whatever. But when it's constant, like 
promptings to buy this or go do this or read this or and it's just constant so it's like I don't think that Satan has that much patience just constantly I mean <laughs> yeah. I think that's either this the spirit of Christ or the Holy Ghost because it's just these constant urgings and then you have the moments where like am I just weird is this not real is this mm-hmm. have I made all this up but then it just keeps going even when you feel weird, it just keeps coming. <laughs> so I just feel like it, it never stops. So you just, you have to follow or you're, you're almost betraying yourself and the spirit. So you just have to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then eventually you kind of get into like a routine of like, okay, I know what the spirit feels like. It, just like emotions or, or the peace yeah. that, that we're seeking, you know, like you're saying, but you just, get into that habit and sometimes it gets increasingly harder you're just on different levels and everything but uh, at the same time that's what's great about the lord and his patterns they're they're constant even though they they might increase in in difficulty but like it's the pattern as soon as you think you've got it and you've got it i'll figure it out like oh okay i got this like this is so good oh you're gonna get tripped up big there's something coming yeah, this week, y'all better watch out. <laughs> get really mad at or going to hurt your feelings or going to tell you you're an idiot. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you say about this week? Yeah, this week, we all better watch out because we're learning this and supposed to, <laughs> okay, now here's the test. You got this? <laughs> We need a group. We need a group uh, text. Yeah. It came today. <laughs> group <got> therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just need, I, I've got this, these two voices. Help me distinguish. Okay. I'll go with that one. Yep. <clears throat> I love that. Um, is there anything else on? Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, voices before we put that to bed. Because, yeah, it was just one of the best sections of the whole book. I really loved it. Cameron, I I don't think we mentioned that, um, like there on the bottom of 222, that says the Holy Spirit, which is Christ, paid with his life, his body, and his precious blood to provide them to us. And we must understand this to properly honor his sacrifice and to properly worship him. And just up above that, this is the grace of Christ. So to understand grace, I think, and and that in the context, I, anyway, it really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also that other part about, I don't know if any of you, like I grew up thinking the still small voice was the Holy Ghost. You know, I I just did, but it's a still small voice. And so Satan, the the evil one, he, what he, him and his minions, they use um, loud and they, they drown it. They try to drown it. 
this small voice out. And so that a lot, they do that a lot with loud music and, and this type of stuff. And we find that to be the case. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love that part too. I came on a little bit late, so I might've missed this part, but that same page, I love the part. It's the second to last paragraph. And it said, as an example, the Holy Ghost will not comment upon our tone of voice with our children, but the Holy Spirit always will if we're not too angry to hear it. So when you're like scolding your kids, get to bed, I told you to, you're supposed to be in bed. Then you have the feeling, oh, I wasn't, you know, poor little thing. I shouldn't act like that. Yeah. But um, if we're not angry, but if we get too angry, we don't hear it. The Holy Ghost will have have no opinion on where we drop our dirty laundry. I didn't get that part. Dirty laundry? But the Holy <laughs> Spirit will constantly urge us to do everything that is right and kind and loving. I didn't know if it meant really laundry or like when you're venting on people. I didn't really know if that was oh, like. I never considered the like venting on people thing. I think why that would the Holy Spirit care where we dropped our laundry? I didn't well, really get I think it's kind of an allusion to taking care of our garments because like, I don't know, I went through that. Like when I first was getting my recommended interview for the temple or whatever, I had like a lined out thing. Like oh. you, you never put your garments on the floor. You take care of them. They're, they're special, treat them as such kind of thing. And I think it's kind of an allusion to that. Like, Oh, okay. Thing that we used to do. But. So it's talking about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know how that's kind of a, phrase to to yeah to drop her out for a dirty laundry for everyone to <laughs> yeah, it could be just it could be just dirty laundry because some people just don't pick up their you know that's right yeah, <laughs> hard, yeah. You guys. simple things <laughs> it's just, if yeah. that's the case then i really haven't been listening to the spirit of christ for a long time <laughs> <laughs> I really like the bottom of because I quoted part of that was on 227, but the whole section at the bottom of 226, the dividing line between righteous and wickedness is not just whether we attend church, pay tithing, or even commit murder or adultery, but far less flashy sin of whether or not we hear and hearken to the voice of Christ. And it says, by the definition, someone could be doing a lot of things right, serving in the church, even working hard to complete their assignments yet be guilty of a form of wickedness merely because they do it all themselves mm -hmm. and it reminded me of a scripture um that i marked where it's in second nephi 32 9 it says and behold i say unto you must pray always and not faint that you must not perform anything unto the lord save at first be you shall pray unto the father that he will consecrate thy performance to the welfare of thy soul so we're guilty of doing things on our own and not involving Christ in things that we do. We just take it upon ourselves and we're supposed to involve Christ in the spirit and everything we do. Mm -hmm. I think you know, really, I think Cindy, I think it's because of pride because when like, even when you try to do your calling yourself and not have your counselors help you or not have right. people that are with you, you just think I can do it better. I can do it faster and I don't want them, you know, I'm guilty of that yeah. with ministering. I never call my lady. I just go myself because I don't want to do it. I don't bother with somebody else. Well, that's, but, that's kind of our Relief Society presidency. They just don't involve the rest of the sisters. They do all the 
right. they do all the stuff and it's like it's really hard because they just think it's easier and I thought well that's doing it all yourself and not praying about who else to involve and how that's to a, involve the rest of the ward perfect example of this yeah like, it's not, not inviting God into it is the same thing it's pride right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I don't need him I already know how to do this exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. It kind of seems to come from a good place too, sometimes, right? Where it's like, well, should I have to ask him 50 million times when I've already gotten the answer and I know how to do it? So I'm just going to go do it. But yet, at the same time, no, we're supposed to be leaning on him for everything. I know. And then people will quote from the doc. Yeah. People will quote from the doctor and come and say, you're not supposed to be told everything to do. You're supposed to do good. So they'll quote that as a rebuttal to it. And I'm like, okay. more question of of what can I do more or who do I need to include or what always asking because mm-hmm. you're not going to get the answer if you don't ask the question so it's opening up to heavenly fathers or a different way you want me to do this or because I think most of us we just go for what's what's more efficient mm-hmm. more efficient for me to go minister myself but we're not letting other people receive blessings. We're not building Zion. We're just accomplishing our one little goal. But I think it's that same thing. It's like, we need to ask another question like, oh, what else? What else am I supposed to do? Or what would, I don't know, just asking more questions and expecting an answer, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the definition of Zion is one heart and one mind. So it's unity. It's involving people you know it's not doing it all ourselves <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and we're guilty of because it's more efficient <laughs> to say oh i can just do it by myself <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it's our independent nature that we have instead of you know there's dependency which is relying on other people too much independence you rely on yourself too much and then there's interdependence where you work together with other people. And I think that's what the gospel is about is interdependence, not independence or dependence. Right. <laughs> like just well, as you're I, saying that, I'm like, ooh, independence Missouri. That that <laughs> puts a new twist on it. It yeah, really I, it, it reminds me like every ward I've ever lived in, there's like the superstar lady of the ward that does everything. <laughs> like if you need yep. anything done, you call Denise. You know, she can do everything better than everyone else mm-hmm. and so does everything where it's like the rest of us, we could slowly learn and we could do it and bring our part to it. So we, it's not just, I think even wards get into it where they're just like, we'll mm-hmm. put the most effective, effective person in with the ward party or the primary programmer. Like it's always the same, like three people that do everything and the rest of us sit back and go, well, not, I shouldn't say us, but the rest of the members kind of sit back and just go, oh, okay, now what are we doing? Because it's faster and more effective to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. But like, you've just been disappointed so many times when you've asked people that you just don't want to put them in a position that they fail again and then you feel bad. <laughs> yeah no, that too. <laughs> but, also, but then that's also like we have to let them have that opportunity so like I can see it on both sides and I've been on both sides of the coin where it's mm-hmm. like okay bishop really I have five callings can you call somebody else yep. and then other times where it's like I'd like to have a calling 
So, I mean, I think it can even happen in a larger sense than just ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just put me in the nursery. I'm the happiest there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember there's a conference talk. I don't remember the name of it. It was but it was involving other people, you know, the people that you didn't think what might be effective in a calling or are unused. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a couple of years ago. But yeah, it was encouraging people to, you know, reach out to the people that aren't used very much and involve them and get them involved in church and callings and things and use them because mm -hmm. they'll drift away if we don't, you know, get people. So, yeah. 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 I've been there too. Like if I don't have a calling, I'm just kind of a bump on a log in, in the past I have been, I don't know if I would do that now, but like in the past I didn't have a calling. I'm just sitting there. You show up, you go home and it's kind of boring. I mean, you just don't feel used. You don't feel Zion like, and just any simple calling really. I mean, it changes people's lives. It really does. Like, um, I think a lot of times we don't really realize what ministering, like how mm -hmm. powerful it is. Like in our group, we have Emily K. Davis. She's always on here, but she never talks. Mm -hmm. She's real shy. Um, I visit taught her 20 years ago and just got to be friends with her and kind of, and then we just kind of stayed in touch and I invited her into this group and she loves this group. And it's just incredible that like, um, you know, I'm, I was visiting teacher 20 years ago. I didn't have, I haven't really had any interaction with her since then, but like the connections we need to make and keep making and asking Heavenly Father, okay, who do I need to talk to today? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to reach out to? People are suffering, like literally yeah. suffering. Like there's a girl that's in one of my groups who just told me she was going to get divorced and she doesn't have a support group. And I was thinking, God, I'm so glad I met her. And like, not that I think I'm all that, but just that to have some sort of support, she's not a member and maybe she will become a member. I don't know, but just there are people everywhere suffering. So it's just asking Heavenly Father, okay, what do I, who do you want me to call today? Who do you want me to send a card to who do you want me to write just constantly asking a question because it's probably kind of hard for them just to throw names into our head sort of mm -hmm. yeah exactly like always going back and rephrasing the question if you're not getting an answer go back kind of thing um and and yeah like like you just said with the, the whole names and, and things um i was was it group a that i was talking about journaling with last week but um, I just really into like this journaling and uh, all of those those videos that I shared. But um, one of the things that uh, that that YouTuber um, said was if failure wasn't an option and you could just have the ideal perfect day, what would it look like and why? And and listed out kind of thing. And I was going through it and it was like okay, what do I want myself to be? Like, not my current self, but a better version of myself with no failure as an option and stuff. And just that simple turn of a question, because how many times have I prayed over my schedule? And I really don't feel like I get answers. It's just like, 
just go do kind of thing. <laughs> this time I actually got like deep, profound answers to my schedule. And I was like, that was it. All I needed to do was just rephrase it in that specific way. Wow. That's where I got my answers. Okay, fine. Cool. <laughs> but I mean, some like profound things that I have been missing in my day-to-day schedule that I need to start doing. And I never would have thought of those on my own. Uh, like I know it has to be revelation and following this pattern, Satan has been really trying to get me to doubt a couple of those all week mm-hmm. long. Like, Oh, come on, Cam, you're not there. Like, obviously no, <laughs> but yeah. you, you just got to do it and stuff. But I, I finally rephrased the question, got the names that I needed to do and got some additional insights of, of things to do to, to add to anyway bumbling but but yeah that whole process and and what we're learning here and everything is just been transformational that video was so good both of those videos were amazing yeah i i forget which ones i sent because you said both of them i sent like the journal one and then like the other one was the hung uh, not the hungry girl whatever the red-headed hostess oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was um l that that posted that one i think um and then I'm, I'm super excited to dive into these ones that, that Elle found as well from uh, Elder Bednar, Holy Ghost, and Spirit of Christ there. Um, diving into those as well. Yeah, it was that old ask a question. It was about the difference of, that's where I first learned about the difference of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, and the Holy Ghost. And it explained it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought for Cindy, are you Elle? Yeah, this is Elle. Oh, I thought it was Cindy. <laughs> <She doesn't have laughs> doesn't have a name it says ipad i thought it was oh i forgot because i had to (laughs) re-download i didn't change it because i had to re-download zoom (laughs) (laughs) so i need to change it i didn't realize it's that (laughs) i didn't realize that she sounded like cindy until now that (laughs) i could kind of see it I always get Elle and Kathy on group A confused for some reason. I don't know why. I always have to look up at the screen and see who's talking. <laughs> How funny. You need to put your picture up there so I can see. You. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need I to put some kind of picture up there, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure how to. You're not getting credit for the things you're giving. You're getting. <laughs> yeah, credit. Cindy's getting all these brownie points over here. I don't know. <laughs> <That's> Cindy. <laughs> Right now. Um, just kind of finishing out on the sacraments and unbelief. I, I think there was a lot of fun stuff there too. Um, I liked the clarification on the top of 235, where he talked about, you know, this covenant we're making week after week, year after year, that we always have his spirit to be with us. And this is Christ's spirit. This isn't talking about the Holy Ghost. We're not petitioning for the Holy Ghost to be with us but christ spirit um and i think that that's you know something that i was always confused about growing up like i I don't know i never really thought about it but um in this context and with these purposes and everything like it just makes so much sense i I love what he went through there yeah yeah the end of that was on 226 where it says wickedness is defined by anyone who does not hearken to the voice of the spirit of Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty broad, like a lot of people follow, like that's easy to follow into that swamp. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
go to what you just said. That's pretty profound. Yeah. I don't think most people understand that about the sacrament. I just learned that probably in the last four or five years. Uh -huh. Yeah, me too. Like uh, that's totally pretty... new because if you ask people when it says to have His Spirit with you always, and you ask people, I bet if you ask a hundred people, ninety-five percent of them would say it's the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, because we renew our baptismal covenants, and we get you know the Holy Ghost when we get, and that's why they think it's that, but it's not. It's the Spirit of, it's the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which is, I guess. Yeah, so I still have trouble separating that out. As much as I've read, I still have trouble. And I still have to keep trying to clarify them. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. It's like, why don't we teach this better to our primary kids? And then it's like, okay, no, this is the whole part of the process. And but you some of those things back. are hard to unpack. Will you go back and rephrase all this? Because I think I missed what you're talking about. Um, just like on the sacrament part right here. Yeah, I don't remember reading that or, or hearing you talk about that. Uh -huh. So at the top of 235, it's the very oh. first paragraph there. It says, but why? Why make this sacramental covenant over and over, week after week, year after year? For the glorious reason, as stated in the prayer itself, that by doing these things, we may always have his spirit, meaning Christ's spirit, to be with us. We are not petitioning for the Holy Ghost to be with us. We're petitioning for Christ's spirit to be with us. And so um, we're, and, and that's where it, uh, just another sentence down. I should have kept reading. Um, in making sacramental covenants, we are seeking Christ's spirit. And then it goes through the different titles, the Holy Spirit, the light of Christ, the voice of Christ, the spirit of God. Those are all the titles of, of this spirit of Christ, this conscience that we have that we are petitioning to always be with us in the, the sacramental covenant. We're not petitioning for the Holy Ghost. That, that's a different purpose in and of itself. We're petitioning for Christ's spirit to be with us, which if we're really thinking about stuff in, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, I know that this is a, a big topic, but like, um, who, who do we pray to? Do we pray to, to Heavenly Father? Do we pray to Christ? Is it ever okay to talk to Christ? You know, kind of thing. Like, I'm sure we've all uh, battled with, with that uh, framework there. But like, really looking at the sacramental prayers and that we may always have his spirit to be with us, that we may always feel and recognize and respond to the, the Holy Spirit and, and the promptings that it's giving I think that that's profound in, in context of this whole chapter and and what we're we're discussing but it's so important that it has its own ordinance is is what i'm trying to say i i really liked his his I think paragraph in the we just have to keep things really simple otherwise we lose a lot of people mm -hmm. and that's why we're supposed to study on our own and to learn and study in the scriptures because if you were to bring all these things into even a gospel, a gospel essential class, a gospel doctrine class, you're going to, it's just not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And they're weird. <laughs> and so I think it, it needs to be simplified. I, I am so grateful that there is more emphasis on a relationship with the savior. That wasn't my upbringing at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even on the mission, I remember like just 
helping people to pray and we dealt with a lot of like jehovah's witnesses and stuff and it was like trying to break them of praying to jehovah and praying to heavenly father instead kind of thing and now like i have a whole new framework i would not treat it the same way that i did when i was on my mission like <laughs> i'm probably gonna have to answer for a few of those but um like what what is the difference and and I, I don't know. It, it seems like the Godhead should be pretty basic. That should be like our, our simple things that we teach in, in primary, but yet it's probably one of the most complex subjects for a reason so that we actually develop these, these lasting relationships with, with each three of the Godhead. Right. And as we are entering into covenants and, and keeping and uh, staying on the covenant path kind of thing, um, seems like it should be just so simple but yet it's really for us it the paradoxes are there so that we deep dive and create lasting relationships i think is how i would summarize that <laughs> sometimes my words are dumb well and i i look back and the time i spent in the scriptures um i don't know 10 years ago was a lot less than i i spend now i mean you know what I'm saying? So we're all in different places and we're all, we all have different time constraints and, and things that we have pulling at us. Um, and when you think of the general membership of the church, we need to be pretty general, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because uh, I mean, there's a time for object lessons and oversimplification, yeah. you know, like that Eve was out of Adam's rib, right? I mean, obviously so different uh teaching a, a child versus um what we're actually talking about in in all of the the creation story yet it's the creation story it's the most basic thing that we have yet how many layers and levels are there to it um but it, it's fun to to grow and, and learn and and discover new layers Cameron, I posted two books. They're not LDS books, but they're things that I had found on like blogs and stuff. And they're both about conscience and they're kind of interesting, but you'd have to take them for what they're worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I had some, one is called The Vanishing Conscience um, by um, John F. MacArthur. And he, I, that's where I first learned about how you can sear your conscience. He uh -huh. talks a lot about how people have seared their conscience and they no longer have a conscience to listen to. Wow. Um, the other one was conscience, what it is, how to train it and loving those who are different. Um, this is the conscience. Yeah. And a couple of notes I had, it says the conscience is generally seen by the modern world as a defect as defective and has robbed people of their self-esteem far from being a defect or a disorder. However, it's our ability to sense our own guilt is a tremendous gift from God. So, so it's just, it's an interesting, somebody else's take on the conscience yeah. and I don't know, you might glean some stuff out of it. It might be on the, I haven't looked to see if it's on the e-library, the Z books, the e-library free books or not, uh -huh. but, um, there's some videos and there's blogs that that's where I got little bits and snippets from the book mm -hmm. that I had saved to understand what the conscience was better. That's a pretty powerful um, title to... Yeah 
to not have your conscious would be you don't have the spirit of Christ. Right. Not, not active. We all still have it, but that's not active. It's not working. Right. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. This is in the last days, difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving. It says God's purposes are being fulfilled no matter how vainly people strive against him. Um, and he said, there's just a lot. It's interesting. It's just an interesting book. I never did finish it, but it just talks a lot about your conscience and how, if you don't listen to it, you know, how we ways we can listen to it and ways we can damage it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just interesting to hear other people's perspectives on it. And, Cause we don't talk a lot about our conscience at mm-hmm. church. We just talk about the Holy ghost a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, really taking that and, and unpacking that. Well, I, know. I thought those really see how that's manifested, like just having a conversation with a friend about California how you can't call the police for something stolen unless it's over $2,000 or you can't be arrested for some damage unless it's over $2,000. Wow. Punch is just gone. Like, oh, it's under $2,000. It's mine. They can't bother with it. Yeah. That's exactly like what that is. It's like the numbing or the like losing the conscious level of that's stealing. Yeah. Yeah. The very first thing I had in it was, is we live in a culture that has elevated pride to the statue of virtue. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem, positive feelings, and personal dignity are what our society encourages people to seek. At the same time, moral responsibility is being replaced by victimism, which is, teaches people to blame others for their personal failures and iniquities. Mm-hmm. Frankly, the biblical teachings about human depravity, sin, and guilt, and repentance and humility are not compatible with those ideas wow that goes right with it yeah yeah it's just it's it's a really good book like i said i never finished it but there's they're on my reading list and there's so many books to read church books and non you know (laughs) other books by other writers because you know they have good insights too yeah for sure but yeah those are those are two interesting one two other interesting ones most times if you have lost your ability to be able to ha- that you have a conscience you've lost your moral compass the, yes the moral, the moral compass deep inside of you is gone and for and satan's come in and taken that and that's why you can't rely on a conscience or anything else because your moral compass is gone yeah, yeah. sentence hmm. going right along with that but i don't i can't find it right off the bat but like you just lose all of it like well why like why even try if you don't have a conscience like that morality compass is it just goes right hand in hand with it i totally agree and that's what our society is becoming you know like you say with the stuff in california things that what's right's wrong what's wrong's right it's flip-flopped it's turned upside down and and they're they're making you believe that these things are all okay because it, it it's no big deal they can have it they they deserve it more than you or you yeah. know all these things that is just it's turned it up upside down yeah 
and then going back to that one i can't find it right now that one paragraph that said the spirit of christ always wants us to do well like always wants us to do being doing good and so it's like that's just the opposite on the spectrum and so then we know like and it <laughs> it comes upon you in strange ways like oh like when I was a teenager I didn't feel any guilt at all about throwing a cup out the window when we're driving like mm-hmm. like I would never ever just throw a cup out the window driving <laughs> <laughs> but it's like and now it's like I can't even walk down the street I kind of am picking up litter because I'm like you know we should have a beautiful community yeah. and it's kind of like not and I'm not saying I'm all that I'm just saying that that it the spirit creeps up on you and, and levels you up just a little bit at a time where you know 30 years ago i was throwing mcdonald's cups out the window mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and i didn't think anything of it i figured somebody would pick it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's funny how we we grow and evolve and it's just like oh man yeah. well, i was just dumb back then <laughs> And we're just evolving into hopefully better people. The yeah. more we have the spirit of Christ in us, the more we're going to level up, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, if you can. You're muted again, sorry. Oh, sorry. If you can recognize it, you can, you're showing progress. It's when you don't recognize that you have something that comes into that conscience, say that you did throw that cup out the window. What, what's going to eat at you? Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. When you can recognize them things, you know that you're on that right path. Exactly. And imagine if nobody threw their trash out their windows. Like, imagine what the world would look like <laughs> if everyone was picking up trash and not throwing well, it out. What about small white lies? You know, I used to would like, oh, I, there was a train on my way to work, or there was, you know, and it, that's yeah. why I'm late. And, and now it's like, okay, uh, if I say something, I'm going to have to repent. I can't do that. That's nope. I just got up late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that same leveling up. And I think the more we ask the spirit to do with this, the more we, we, he does help us level up. He does want us to do good in all things, right? Yeah. But we have to recognize it to know what we're doing too also. But I think even the recognizing is helping us to level up. Oh, like, absolutely. Help- Once we recognize it and we, and we know that that's something that we need to change. Absolutely. Yeah. And even the desire to be better, like even that desire to have a Holy Spirit with us is, you know, huge. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. 